Hello and welcome to the first episode of Two Temples, a collection of psychedelic experiences. I am your host, Shay Kamarinchka. I've been recording this first episode over the past week or so, and found it worked best to write out a script to make sure I share as much detail and information as possible. I'm no actor, but I did my best to keep my reading entertaining and informative. As I start talking to people about their experiences, the feel of the podcast will become a lot more organic and less scripted. A lot was learned in the recording process, and I hope to improve each episode. Do you have a psychedelic experience you'd like to share? I'd like to help. I want to give people a platform to share their stories with a community of loving and like-minded people with the goal of ending stigma and giving as much harm reduction information as possible. I want to bring our experiences to one place, good, bad, and everything in between. I'm in many psychedelic groups on social media, and people love to share their trip reports and what they've learned from them. Many are typed up and shared daily, so I had an idea to bring those stories to a podcast. If you have an adventure you'd like to share, email a short summary of what you'd like to share and how you'd like to share it to twotemplespodcast at gmail.com. There's a few options. One, you can type up an experience and I can read it on the podcast. Two, we can connect via Skype or Zoom and have a one-on-one conversation. Or three, you can record your own trip report and send it to Two Temples, and I'll make episodes of related stories. For the first episode, I think it's only fitting that I talk about a few of my first experiences on each substance. I'll start with my first mushroom trip. I always had an interest in mushrooms, mostly from seeing the movie Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny, and seeing Jack Black eat some mushrooms in a forest and go on an adventure with his dad, the Sasquatch. This definitely gave me a false idea of what to expect from mushrooms, but piqued my interest. When I was about 21, I was living with a few friends in a split-level house that we were renting, but mostly staying with my girlfriend. One Friday, I had finally gotten my hands on some mushrooms, with plans on doing them that Saturday with my girlfriend and a couple friends. The temptation was too much, and I thought it'd be okay if I tripped by myself on a fairly low dose that day, then again the next day with the friends. I measured out a gram and started eating them. My friend Matt came downstairs and saw me eating mushrooms and decided to hang out. He had done mushrooms a few times before and was grossed out by me just eating them, saying that they tasted terrible, but I didn't get it at the time. I sure do now. Every time I even smell them, I get a weird feeling of anxiety and nausea, but it goes away soon after consumption. Making mushroom tea with honey and ginger sure helps with the taste and tummy ramblies. But back to the story. I ate the mushrooms when we hung out in the main basement playing some video games. I had my PS2 hooked up to the 55-inch TV playing SSX3, a fun, colorful snowboard game. It got to be a bit too much for me, so he started playing, and I was just watching the colors become brighter and sharper. My vision started warping. The room was expanding and contracting like it was breathing. The door to my bedroom was to our left, half open, and I had a blue lav lamp on the inside. The glow coming from the room became intoxicating, and I had to go in. I could have stared at the lav lamp for hours. It was hypnotizing, to say the least. Matt came in and said we should go down into the jam room and play some music. Down a half a set of stairs was where the laundry room and the storage room were. The storage room was where Matt kept his instruments and other music stuff, and would have friends over to play. He's a good musician and can play pretty much anything. I, on the other hand, have troubles keeping a beat playing drums on my thighs, but I thought it'd be fun to give it a go anyway. We grabbed the lava lamp and went downstairs. He started playing guitar, and I sat in the drum set and plugged in the lava lamp underneath everything so there was a cool glow radiating up. He was playing something super groovy, and I just joined in playing an easy beat and repeated it. It was amazing. The vibrations from the drum set and amp touched my soul. It felt like I was in a music video. 
A musician friend of Max came down and started playing keyboard. Mac took over the drums and I sat in the amp against the wall and started strumming the bass. I have no idea how to play guitar or bass, so I was just gently strumming and feeling the vibrations. I don't know if I ever smiled as much in my entire life. I'm not sure how long we played for exactly, or what we did after. Trips that long ago start to blend together as memories fade, but I'll hopefully remember this experience for the rest of my life. So the next day comes and I trip again with my girlfriend and a couple friends. They had a great time, but I just felt super under the weather like I was catching a cold. My eyes were watering, my nose was running, I had the chills. I was in a bit of a trippy headspace, but definitely nothing like the day before. Had I known about how fast you build tolerance, I wouldn't have tripped two days in a row. Knowing what I know now, two weeks between trips, give or take a few days depending on the person, will fully reset tolerance for stuff like LSD and mushrooms. Dosing every two weeks is fine, it's what I've been doing for the past three or so years, but it will lessen the magic over time, so make sure to take longer breaks if possible. The longer between trips, the more significant the trip will be. So in this case, day one I took one gram, day two I took a gram and a half, and didn't feel as high as the day before. Typically, people say you need to double your dose on the second day if you want to feel the same effects as the day before. But take that with a grain of salt. We're all different and our bodies might build tolerance at different rates. Learn your body. So we're all hanging out in the basement watching a movie. Everybody's feeling good except for me, feeling a bit poopy. We're watching either Oz, The Great and Powerful, or Across the Universe. Or both, I can't remember. When it was over, everybody wanted to go for a walk, but I wasn't feeling up to it. Finally, they convinced me, and we went for a walk to the store. I remember seeing each person and thinking, Shit, they know. Ah, they know! I kept my head down and navigated the convenience store while in a half-tripping brain fog. When I got to the cashier to purchase whatever tasty treats I wanted, I remember it feeling like I couldn't look the woman in the eyes. It was like our eyes were magnets with the same pole, constantly pushing away. Somehow I was able to complete the transaction without bringing too much attention to myself, and we walked home and spent the rest of the trip in the house. Not the greatest trip, but I take it as a learning experience, as you should with any psychedelic adventure. There's always something to be learned about yourself, society, the world, and the universe. You just need to pay attention. Not too long after I started doing mushrooms, DMT was introduced to me. My girlfriend Holly had done it before and was able to obtain some when she took a trip back to Winnipeg where she spent the last several years. I was super excited as I heard only great things and really wanted to experience it. There's a saying, Dimitri will find you when you're ready. Apparently, it wasn't my time and I'm kind of grateful. Looking back, I wasn't ready. I feel like I was too immature at the time to fully respect and appreciate what DMT is and what it can do for us. We went out and bought a bulb pipe from the porn store, got a blindfold, some noise-blocking headphones, and laid in bed in the dark. She manned the rig, and I inhaled. Held it in. Nothing yet. Took another. Still nothing. Took the third and held as long as I could. Exhaled. Nothing. I was really disappointed for quite a while. After being so excited for so long, it's hard not to be. Years go by. It's the end of summer 2019. I've been tripping for years done lots of mushrooms and LSD, and have grown a lot as a person, partner, father. I've gotten a lot more in touch with nature and become a lot more spiritual and empathetic. Am I ready for DMT? Will Dimitri find me? I posted in a local weed group on Facebook something along the lines of, I heard Dimitri is around town. Been wanting to give him a piece of my mind for a while. Anybody know his whereabouts? After a couple wild goose chases, someone I now consider a good friend messaged me. I hope to have him on the podcast. 
We have lots of great conversations, and he's a very intelligent dude that's been through a lot. He has a lot of knowledge to share based off personal experience and could help a lot of people. So he messages me. We get together and hang out. We vibe well right away. I get a bit of free base DMT and some changa, and he takes off. Holly and I plan a day for me to blast off. Kids at daycare. The house is quiet. I'm ready. We go up to our room. Make it as dark as we can, but the sun is shining through the orange blinds, so it just makes the room orange. I pack my bong with a decent amount of changa. Got a puke bucket just in case. I'm ready. I've listened to Terrence McKenna and Joe Rogan talk about DMT so much, I know what to expect. Or so I think. I take the whole bowl in one breath. As soon as I feel the smoke hit my lungs, my vision zoomed out really far and split like I was looking through an orange crystal. I think I half expected it not to work like last time, but it hit me instantly. I was kind of stuck there holding the bong, and thankfully Holly was there to take it from me and lay me back down. I closed my eyes, and my vision was filled with different colorful objects. The one that drew my attention was a large translucent sphere with many small glowing white orbs evenly spaced out on the surface like they were on a grid. The little orbs were giving what it felt like little zaps of electricity, and I could feel the zaps in different parts throughout my body, but mostly in the left side, if I remember correctly. After a while, this fear faded away, and I was feeling good, so I told Holly I'd be okay by myself, and she went downstairs. The visuals were coming from the left and moving to the right. There were two 2D cowboy-looking entities riding funny-looking horse spike things, riding side by side, moving from the right to the left, the opposite direction than the other visuals. As we went further and further to the left, following the cowboys, we got to a place where all the visuals ended, and it seemed like we were at almost a, a wormhole or a black hole to another dimension. They were beckoning me over and I was trying to follow, but I was left behind. Back to reality. I loved my first experience, and I wanted to take another slightly bigger hit to see if I could meet the cowboys on the other side. I grabbed my bong, went downstairs, and packed another bowl. I got Holly to come back upstairs with me and blast it off again. This one, not so pleasant. I took the whole bowl in one breath again. It hit me like a freight train. I felt like I just got the wind knocked out of me. I was dry heaving. Felt like I was purging out of every hole and had zero control over my bodily movements. Luckily, nothing came out, and I finally reconnected with the controls of my mortal flesh machine. I was curled up in a ball, just trying to get my shit together, and Holly was holding me, comforting me, and helped me lay back down. This time she laid with me during the whole trip, which was very helpful. But that's all I really remember from that second hit. I don't recall visuals or any entities, but it seemed more like a training exercise, like G-Force training NASA does with their astronauts. Like it was teaching my mind and my body to separate and allow for the experience to happen easier and more gently in the future. I've done DMT quite a few times since then, and almost every trip has been totally different. The only two trips that were similar were my first time loop trip and the one right after since I was so worried that I was going to be stuck in another damn time loop. Now it wasn't exactly the same, but it had weird uncomfortable loops that didn't allow me to fully let go. I have troubles partaking in DMT sessions alone. I get a weird feeling that some entity is screwing with my body while I'm gone exploring the universe, but I have no problem blasting off with friends. Kind of like asking a friend to watch your bike while you run into a convenience store to get drinks. Ease your mind a little bit and nothing will happen. Moving on! I don't remember my first LSD trip. Not the specifics of it anyway. I know I tripped at home and watched movies like I usually do. 
I just, I don't live in the greatest neighborhood. It's kind of hard to go for a walk around outside, tripping, and be comfortable that I won't get jumped. It's just better to be safe inside and trip outdoors when the situation allows it, like when I go to a lake or something. So since I don't remember the specifics of my first LSD trip, I'll talk about why I do LSD, what I've learned and gained from it, what I love most, and why it's my favorite psychedelic that I've tried so far. It started off recreational, just wanting to further explore the psychedelic realms. But as I danced with Lucy more and more, I saw more than her superficial beauty. She changed me. I stopped blaming others for my problems. I started being a better partner at home and father to my daughter. LSC basically put up a big mirror in front of me to see how I've been acting and behaving. I play back how I handled situations with my daughter and Holly with an altered perspective. Like I'm looking in from a bystander's point of view. It gives me the kick in the ass that I need to grow up, take responsibility for my actions, and learn from my past. One trip. I was in the washroom peeing one of those glorious LSD peas. One of the most satisfying things ever. And as I was leaving, I made eye contact with myself in the mirror and instantly thought, What the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? I almost said out loud. I just offended myself more than anyone has ever offended me. I walked out of the washroom and sat on the couch with my mind still stuck on the mirror talking shit to me. It's lessons like these that I found so important. It's impossible to convince someone they're doing wrong if they can't see the wrong in what they're doing. But LSD, and I'm sure other mind-altering substances, allow you to shift the perspective so people can see their actions from another point of view. See the pain they're causing. See the negativity they're spreading. See the empathy they're lacking. So reason one for using LSD? Perspective change. Reason two? Tinnitus relief. What is tinnitus, you may ask? Quote, Tinnitus is the perception of noise or ringing in the ears. A common problem, tinnitus affects about 15-20% to 20 of people. Tinnitus isn't a condition itself, it's a symptom of an underlying condition such as age-related hearing loss, ear injury, or a circulatory system disorder." End quote. That's from mayoclinic.org. If you didn't know what tinnitus is, be thankful. If you have tinnitus, this may help end the torture, and I hope it does. I googled what is the most effective treatment for tinnitus? And this is what WebMD.com says. Quote, medications for tinnitus. For some, treatment with low doses of anti-anxiety drugs such as Valium or antidepressants such as Elavil help reduce tinnitus. The use of a steroid placed into the middle ear along with an anti-anxiety medicine called Alprazolam has been shown to be effective for some people. End quote. In short, there is no cure and the treatments don't work for everybody. I'm hoping to have the answer and based off my results so far, I know it will help a lot of people. I have had ringing in my ears as long as I can remember, but it has gotten worse over the past few years until I started using LSD to treat it. When I was in grade one or two, I was in the boys washroom with two friends and we were playing with one of those T-shaped hand propelled helicopter things where you put it between the palm of your hands and slide them apart quickly to turn the propeller and it hovers in the air. Google hand propelled helicopter quick if you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, one buddy spun it and it hit the other one in the face. I laughed. He said shut up and shoved me a bit. I lost my footing, fell into the small lip sticking out on the doorway um, that the latch of the door handle slides along right before it falls into the, the hole to secure the door shut. You know what I'm talking about? The little lip that pops out. 
hit my ear on that, split it down from the like top to the middle, split it open, had to go get stitches, get it put back together. Um, I believe this was the beginning of my tinnitus, and other traumas had made it worse over the years. Some things that come to mind are leaving music concerts with loud ringing in my ears for a long time after, listening to loud music on subs in vehicles over the years, um, operating heavy equipment at work with no hearing protection. So basically, my hearing is fine until it's very quiet. Then I start hearing loud ringing that is impossible to ignore. It feels like a knot of nerves inside my ear hole that just needs to be loosened and separated. I haven't had much pain, but there's a lot of congestion. Going to sleep at night was something I dreaded because I knew I'd be laying in bed for at least an hour listening to this high-pitched ringing. It sucked, and I know that I had a mild case. A lot of people hear it over the volume of everyday life. I can't imagine what it would be like to not be able to escape the ringing, and that's why I'm so hopeful that I'm able to help. So I had been tripping for three or four years without psilocybin or LSD helping my ear, but... I'd been hearing great things about CBD and how it helps so many different conditions, so I decided to give it a try to help my ear. On September 13th, 2019, Holly and I went and bought a 2000 milligram bottle of CBD oil, and I took a squirt right away. I didn't feel too much during that day, and I decided to trip on LSD that night. I took a couple tabs of LSD and a dropper of CBD, took a shower like you usually do, and laid in bed after. I concentrated on the ringing in my right ear. I found I was able to focus in where the ringing was coming from. I could follow the nerves and literally see them. The nerves looked like wires running to and from different processors and sensors. It looked a lot like the inside of a computer. These wires that I was able to focus on were nice and clean until it got to where the ringing was. Some wires were covered in what looked like vines. When I got closer to the vines, I could feel the pressure building in my ear, and it got to a certain point where if I swallowed, it popped and relieved a bunch of pressure. I watched the vines pull apart, and as they did, I watched bugs crawl from between the vines. Sometimes they look like ants, sometimes they look like ladybugs. Overall, it's pretty uncomfortable to go through, but the results that I've been finding are just amazing and well worth it. The ringing in that particular spot stops as the bugs and the vines are cleared away. Underneath the mess is a sever in the wire. The wires look different depending what part of the ear they're for, but they're often 2 by 8 or 3 by 10. So one rectangular wire with 18 or 30 or so smaller round wires within it. 2, 4, 6, or 3, 6, 9, you know what I mean. The one I remember best was 2x8, the top two wires were purple, and each set was a different color, but flowed like a rainbow. So the top two were purple, the next two were dark blue, then light blue, then green, and so on. There was a large cut halfway through the whole wire. I watched and felt as the wire mended and repaired itself. Once it was done, my focus moved to the next spot that was causing ringing and began healing. Over the past eight months, I've dedicated a large portion of each trip solely to laying with my eyes closed and concentrating on fixing my ear. I've seen lots of very crazy but consistent visuals of my ear rebuilding. I watched a very detailed green ear form in the right side of my vision. I watched and could feel as that new green layer of ear formed my ear. 
I felt and watched the little nerve endings reach and connect, then mend it all together. The relief was intense. Holly was playing a singing bowl during this time, and the vibration helps a lot to pull apart the congestion. As it happened, I told her, Oh my god, I just watched an ear form and mend. I felt these nerves unravel from a knot near the middle of my ear and sort of slither up to where they should be wrapped around the top where I have the scar from my childhood incident. I've watched little two-by-two building blocks resembling uh, Lego blocks made up of different shades of like green and yellow, sort of rebuild damaged parts of my ear. These blocks only happened during one trip, and it was repairing the top outer lip of the ear. The bigger parts had large blocks quickly falling into place, as the parts of my ear being repaired got smaller and more delicate. The blocks got smaller and more intricate. I watched what looked like little paint rollers roll up and down my inner ear, but instead of laying a wet paint-like substance, it was laying more like a green fleshy tape with the most intricate music notes I've ever seen lining it. I tried my best to focus on these notes to see if I could draw them in any way, but they're so detailed and above my mental capacity that I could only really take away that they were very intricate, golden 3D music notes lining these green strips of tape. Over time, I had seen a lot of what I believe is the inner workings of the nervous system. The inside of the skull and the hard structural parts are a dark, solid green color. The wires running all over seem to either be a navy blue yellow, or light green. The nerves themselves look almost like a camel pattern of maroon and dark navy blue rolled up with its own texture like it's meant to absorb. I've put in many hours taking upwards of 1,000 micrograms on multiple occasions, diving deep into my mind and my ear to heal it, and I found amazing results. Some people might say that what I've been seeing is just the drug, but the visuals are so consistent trip to trip that it really feels like at high doses of LSD, you're able to magic school bus yourself into your body and focus your mind on any sensory problems you may have. I always think about the placebo effect and how powerful our brain is. Maybe LSD and other psychedelics allow you to tap into that placebo power and fix yourself. This would make sense as to why setting intention before tripping is so important if you want to heal. I'd probably think this all sounds crazy if I were listening, but my ear feels so much better. It used to feel like I had a refrigerator motor strapped to my ear, constantly running. It felt like there was a veil over my head, and it really messed with my ability to be aware of my surroundings. I would see a lot of moving lights and colors while laying in bed in the dark, and it seems to be lessening as the ringing goes away. Now my head feels a whole lot lighter, like that feeling when you have a lot of hair and you just shave it all off. I still hear a bit of ringing and a bit of congestion, but it has gotten so much better. During one of my first 10 strip trips, I was laying in bed with Holly. She was trying to fall asleep, and I was listening to my tinnitus and releasing the pressure. Pop, pop, pop. The pressure releasing sounds and feels like I'm slowly unraveling a crumpled ball of paper inside my ear. Each little crack and pop is less ringing and less congestion. Holly asked, what's that sound? I stopped releasing pressure in my ear to listen for a sound outside or downstairs or something, and she said it went away. I asked, is it this? And I started relieving pressure again, and she could hear it. We were both super surprised that it was loud enough that she could hear it, so we decided to grab our phones and record it. Since then, we have gotten a lot of sound and video recordings. 
I hope to put together a compilation video of all of them to show how effective this LSD treatment is, but it's half the LSD and half your focus and intent on healing. I tripped for years with no benefit to my tinnitus until I put in the focus and work. Now I've learned how to release the pressure without the use of LSD, and I'm able to be working on loosening my ear every day, kind of like doing stretches. I've done a bit of research to learn more about how the ear works and figure out how I can fix it. It feels like there's a cluster of nerves in the base of my right ear that needs to be separated. It seems like a lot of people's tinnitus is caused by tightness and congestion in the muscles used to move the ear. This pinches the nerves in the ear and the back of the head, which causes the ringing. For me, there's a muscle that's really tight behind my ear called the auricularis posterior. If you have tinnitus, try feeling for it. Grab the outer rim of your ear and gently pull it forward so you cover the rest of your ear. Feel along the back of the base of your ear, along your skull. The muscle will most likely be very easy to find if it's as tight as mine was. If you can move your ears, this is the same muscle used to pull your ears back. There are two other muscles used to move the ear. The auricularis anterior, which draws the ear up and forward, and the auricularis superior, which raises it. I'm sure some people's issues may be in any or all of these muscles, so make sure to feel for which one might be bothering you. Learning to flex and move these muscles is a great way to pull apart the tension and open your ear. Use these three muscles to pull against each other to open your inner ear. Try this. Tighten the muscles as much as you can and hold them for 20 seconds. You should feel them start to quiver and let go a bit. Keep them tight for the full 20 seconds, then try swallowing. If you don't get a big relieving pop, try again, but instead of swallowing, keep your ear muscles tight, plug your nose and try to blow air through it. This will add a lot of pressure and hopefully pop it loose like a plunger in a toilet. Don't push too hard, you're not trying to shoot your ear off or pop a blood vessel, just start low and see if it works for you. This technique helps me a lot as I can do it all day at work, but it's nothing like when I do a good dose of LSD, it just starts melting away the ringing and the discomfort. It's a lot like running water through dry, hard dirt. The water just like loosens up the dirt and allows it to be worked better. The same thing happens for LSD and tinnitus. The acid softens up the tense congestion in and around the ear, relieving pressure on the many, many sensors within it. Think of it like backup sensors on cars. If you bent the bumper in half and had the sensors facing each other, they would be setting off alarms like crazy. The same thing happens in your ear. Your ear is like a grid of sensors made to take in sound waves, and then the brain processes them. When those sensors are all messed up and compressed together from trauma, they start ringing and telling you something is wrong. I believe the cure is in releasing the pressure and calming the tense muscles. This seems to be what doctors are trying to do when they administer anti-anxiety drugs, but I found that LSD does such an amazing job at relaxing these tight muscles, and I'm really amazed at the results I've been getting. If you have any questions about this, feel free to email me at twotemplespodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to help, and I ask nothing in return. Just please be responsible in your trials. Buy a test kit and test your LSD. I found a good guide at cnbs.org forward slash drug dash test dash kits forward slash LSD dash test dash kits. This will bring you to a page with lots of information focused around how to test your LSD and what the best test kits are. You can also go to cnbs.org and scroll all the way to the bottom and click drug test kits. They have drug testing kits for pretty much everything. Educate yourself, buy a test kit, test your shit, and start low.
You don't need high doses for it to work. I found relief with 100 micrograms, but I've found that it works better at higher doses, like turning up the pressure on a water hose to clean off a sidewalk. 100 UGs is a slow stream that does the job, but 1000 UGs is a pressure washer that can be really hard to hold on to. You can get a lot more work done per session, but there is a lot more risk to it. During each trip before I go to bed, I go on YouTube and I listen to a hearing test that ranges from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. This allows me to gauge my progress and see if my hearing improves at all. On a few occasions, some of the parts of the hearing test that I couldn't hear previously sounded very robotic, but as I listened a couple of times, those parts sounded clearer and clearer. I've read that deaf people, who use hearing aids for the first time, say that everything sounds robotic for a while, till the brain reconfigures everything. This seems to be what's happening to me too. I open up and fix parts of my ear that were damaged or unused for years and years, then they sound robotic till the brain figures out how to process the information correctly. Fully fixing my ears shouldn't take too much longer, and I can't wait to hear silence so I can really enjoy my trips to the fullest, especially DMT. I can't seem to blast off because I always have this damn ringing in my ear that seems to anchor me to my body. It's really frustrating and I just can't let go. I also really want to try a float tank comfortably, but I need to wait till there's no more ringing. And for my last reason for doing LSD, other than recreational fun and friend bonding, is muscle relaxation. About six months ago, my legs and back were so tight that I couldn't touch my toes. I'd be at least six inches from touching them, and I'd have bad pain in the muscles on the back side of my knees and lower back. It sucked. It was always a task to stand up or sit down. My legs were always half numb from everything being so tight. My spine had very poor mobility, and I would always pinch nerves in the middle of my back almost daily. The muscles in my lower back were so tight that I couldn't bend at the hips, and it caused a lot of pain just above my tailbone. As a kid, I was really athletic, but I wouldn't stretch before playing sports because I felt like I had more strength with tight muscles, and when I stretched, my legs would feel like wet noodles. I understand that the mentality I had about stretching as a kid resulted in my shriveled-ass old man body in my early 20s. After I started seeing great results using LSD to loosen up my ear, I started doing yoga while on the come down of my LSD trips. Within one session, I was able to touch my toes. After a few sessions, I was able to touch my wrists to the floor beside my feet. Now, after six months of tripping every two weeks and stretching on the come down, plus stretching in between to keep myself loose, I can fold right in half and touch my shoulders to my knees and walk. Like I said in the tinnitus part of the podcast, it's like I'm able to magic school bus myself into my body and focus on individual muscles and loosen them instead of trying to loosen all the muscles at once. I'm so much more flexible now and far less fatigued in my lower half. My inner thigh muscles are still very tight and my hips don't have very good range of motion, so I'm currently working on loosening those muscles to get as close to doing the splits as possible. For my spine, I used one of those foam back rollers. I put it on the floor, laid down on my back, and rested my neck on it. Then I rolled down a few inches and relaxed. Crack, crack, crack. Rolled another couple inches and rested. Crack, crack, crack. On and on until I got down to my hips. I rested the roller just above my tailbone and relaxed. I felt my hips and my spine loosen and let go of the tight grip they had on each other. Then I was able to find muscles to stretch my tailbone. I told Holly I could totally feel what it would be like to have a tail. I was able to move it around and stretch it out. The amount of relief I felt from that was amazing, like the whole lower half of my body just suddenly gained a lot more feeling and energy. I'm so much more flexible now and far less fatigued in my lower half. 
my inner thigh muscles are still very tight and my hips don't have very good range of motion. So I'm currently working on loosening those to get as close to doing the splits as possible. It might take a while, but I'm going to keep working at it and sharing my results on this here podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to the first episode of Two Temples. I've learned a lot just from recording this first episode, and I can't wait to talk to listeners about their experiences. If you have anything you'd like to share or just want to contact me, email me at twotemplespodcast at gmail.com. Working construction takes up a lot of my time, but I'm going to do my best to try to find time to talk to people and have a consistent schedule to release episodes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, ciao for now.